You're listening to the Become Inspired Podcast. Advice, tips and strategies for job seekers in the creative, media and digital industries. And now for your host, Become Recruitment. All right, so welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Become Inspired podcast. I am your host, David Volk. I'm the business manager of Become Recruitment here in Sydney and Brisbane. And today I have Ashley Dodd with me. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. So Ashley is one of our consultants here in Sydney. Um, she works across our creative account management design desk. So how are you today, Ashley? Very good. Busy Monday. Excellent, excellent. That's what we like to hear. Um, so in today's episode, this is, um, you know, obviously we've been doing this for a long time. Ashley's worked for the company for how many years? Three. Three years. Yeah. Um, and I've been here for almost 10. Um, and we wanted to look at some of the most common mistakes. So we've got 10 common mistakes that job seekers make when applying for new roles because you would be quite surprised we tend to see the same things happening over and over again and the whole point of this podcast is to help you guys help guide you to land that dream job um, and hopefully just avoid some of the pitfalls that come up along the way so Ashley why don't you start us off by telling us what's number one on the list Number one on my list would have to be using an unprofessional photo, be that across your LinkedIn, your CV especially, and linking to your social media, which has no relevance to your professional profile. Yeah, because, and we have spoken about this before actually in the CV episode, um, which was episode one of the podcast, I think, um, and we spoke about whether you should have photos on your cv or resume at all yeah um and there's mixed reviews i think it is i think that the jury is out our mm. advice was to take the the photo off just because you've got a risk of kind of um you know alienating some some people just don't like Definitely. it um but i think if you are going to have it then get it right it's it's like with all all these things all these tips really um but you must have seen some examples where you're like, um, okay, what's <laughs> happening there? Yes, quite a few examples which should probably stay on your personal social media or your personal Facebook in particular, where you're probably heading out on a night out, to be honest, yeah. and it doesn't present very well across the CV. Yeah, as pretty uh, as you might look. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's not about us being kind of prudish there or anything. And, you know... I think it's finding that balance because we are dealing with creatives and people that work in ad agencies, design agencies. So, you know, it's a fun kind of bunch, fun environment. Um, but you've just, you've, you've still got to remember that you're representing your brand. Yeah. And if you are kind of there lying in the gutter, <laughs> like <laughs> with broken bottles around you, it does reflect on you. Um, so it's, you still, I think it's still all right to inject personality, but you just have to kind of, keep it within the parameters of oh I don't know what to call it but you, you've just got to kind of professionalism professionalism yeah, yeah uh, to a certain degree and we're, we're not suggesting that you're there with a really corporate stock photo type no, imagery no no or with like shirt and tie buttoned up and looking really stern side on 
yeah yeah not about that at all so it can still be like a, a really great kind of creative photo and um but and it should reflect your personality yeah um but i think you just got to be careful and then the thing and i think we're going to do a whole separate episode in this as well about the social media yes um because i know for a fact that clients do look people up on social media to get a feel for if they're the right type of people for them and if yeah. it's going to be so you know you you've just got to bear that in mind i mean look at your privacy settings think about what's on there does it represent who you are if it does then it's fine you know it's yeah. like and and it's not about kind of dumbing down your social media or making it really corporate again but I think you've just got to have a you've got to look at it kind of objectively and think right if an outsider was looking at this how does it present what would it what would it look like yeah especially if you're linking your social media to your CV yeah. or your websites in particular just make sure that the content is relevant to yeah. yourself and as you say your brand yeah yeah absolutely um and so that goes across the linkedin that we've spoken about and again linkedin it can still be a nice creative picture um but it's just got to be in in good taste i think um and what else do we have what's what's number two on the the hit list i would say probably not tailoring your application to the job that you're applying for so you're either applying for the wrong type of roles or your cv doesn't reflect that pathway that you're hoping to kind of take or that you're already embarking on Mm. um so either providing too much detail about irrelevant jobs or jobs that are in a completely different sector that you have no you'd like to move away from Mm. for example keep that quite succinct and short and really highlight the relevant skills and areas that you are hoping to kind of expand on a little bit more yeah yeah i think what i see quite often and again we mentioned this in the cv episode about people just adding on every job you know they've got this cv that's like 10 years old and they just keep adding jobs on and then you go back to a role that you were doing 10 years ago which is now completely irrelevant to what you're doing now and it takes up a whole page because at that time it was really important to you and you had to highlight everything but um you know it's it's about kind of drawing the attention to where you want it to yes. be um because if you're if, if you've gone really detailed in those older jobs then people will pay attention to that and think yeah. you're maybe not right for what you are actually applying for yeah i think you need to bear that in mind um and i think it's just and i think we get to this as well in this episode but tailoring the cover letter and stuff as well and making yeah. sure that it is relevant to what you're applying for. Yeah. Um, I think it's a well-known fact that most hiring managers will glance at a CV and a cover letter. So to have one that takes several pages, you're not going to get to the end of that. So that end information will be lost. Mm. It's really the key information at the front of the CV Mm -hmm. or the cover letter that you have to make stand out and really relevant. Mm. So, for example agencies will look for other relevant agencies that are potentially their competitors where mm-hmm. you have those really transferable skills that you could move ahead well move move side to side from and they potentially won't be that interested in older jobs would yeah. you say retail yeah yeah i mean it depends again like if, if you've worked in retail that could be really relevant if you're going for like an account executive role or customer something more 
customer service focused mm. or even project management or you know the, again it's it's not for us to say what's kind of right and wrong to be mm. on there but you've got to make it relevant and and not just make it relevant but really kind of make it stand out as to why tell us why it's yes. relevant um don't just say i opened the shop i looked after staff you know yep. tell us kind of what so what about that is appropriate to this account executive job that you're applying for yeah, um because sometimes as you say people are glancing over the cv they won't always make that make mm. that link um that kind of leads us on a bit to point number three which is about having a cv that's too lengthy yeah um again you want to make it punchy um, sometimes we get them through and they can be 12 pages I, yeah. i'm not lying e- even longer sometimes and i cannot read them i just i just can't i can't bring myself to read the 12 page no. resume one to two pages yeah i would say max. yeah i think we said in our cv episode um two to three pages mm. you know but three a, a, a real push, push yeah. if you feel like you've got loads of different things that you need to put on there um but but just tone it down and make it count make every word count that's that's really what it's all about every every word you're writing is an opportunity for you to kind of present yourself and tell this company employer interviewer whoever that you are the right person for the job and if it's 12 pages too many words you'll just get your your point will get lost in that i would say that and in terms of education people don't need to i've come across examples where you've included details of your primary school that you've attended and anything really higher education wise and above is relevant yeah probably below that no no i don't think so yeah Yeah. i think it's actually a bit weird if you're (laughs) like telling us where you went to primary school it's like why why do i need to know that um no I i don't think that's important at all um and then what's next on the list so next is sending out a generic cover letter. It's a pet peeve if you're reading a cover letter, and some people don't even read them, to find one that's addressed to the wrong person, focusing on the wrong company and the wrong position. It's yep. a clear sign of lack of attention to detail and just blanket applications that and have been sent. And lack of care yep. factor as well, I think. Yeah. Um, we are again we're going to do an episode on cover letter because it is a bit of a hot topic um, should I include a cover letter or not and I was debating this recently at an event um, what's your view do you think people should have a cover letter I think they should especially if you're applying from the UK for example and mm-hmm. it details your plans to come over what mm-hmm. visa you're on mm-hmm. your situation even if you're moving interstate so if I got an application from Brisbane I wouldn't know from a CV mm-hmm. if you're interested in moving to Sydney if you have plans in particular to yep. move um, so if you could detail those type of um, key points in a cover letter then that's something I would pick up and I do search for in a cover letter if it's provided Yep. and also if someone for example is potentially an account um, executive but they're looking to move into z- design that's a key thing I need to see yeah. in an application otherwise I could potentially be wasting your time by talking to you about a role that you're not interested in anymore yeah and I think it can be um in an email as well yep. it doesn't have to be a separate cover letter but no, really fine. these days kind of writing that in an email is really your cover letter um so i think in those occasions yes yep. it can be i think if you're having a bit of a change of circumstance a mm-hmm. uh, change of career change of location anything like that it can be good to put it in there um i also think if you are going to do one 
make it good. Yeah. Don't send a generic, um, I can work in a team, I can work on my own, I'm really yeah. good, hire me, I'm really well organised and I've got great attention to detail. It's like just so pointless reading these kind of yeah. just words that mean nothing. <laughs> um, so just make it count, make it stand out. And um, when we get to that episode, I'll give an example. I had one cover letter that was an absolute cracker from a, a young um, graduate really mm. uh, who had retail experience wanted to get into agency yeah um, and she absolutely nailed it in the cover letter mm. and people were falling over themselves to interview her yeah um, so we'll go on to that as a bit of a teaser for a future <laughs> future episode um, so I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about the cover letter mm. I think oh, um, there are times it can be needed um, I think I, I quite rarely read them mm. unless I need a bit more information to be honest uh, yeah I'm a bit odd I do read them but yeah. if it's a really really long one then I will skim through it and potentially miss most of the information you've provided if I don't feel like it's relevant so as you're saying keep it succinct and really punchy and you'll get your point across yeah and, and I think that's the um, I think that is the key takeaway with all of this. Just yep. keep it, uh, keep it simple. Yep, it's one 100%. of the, the main things. Yep. Um, and next, oh, spelling and grammar. <laughs> there really isn't much of an excuse when you have spell check and yep. um, wonderful websites like Grammarly. Grammarly. Yep, yep. Which um, is really good. for example. And there have been recent occasions where someone has missed out on a potential interview due to a spelling or grammar mm-hmm. check yep. that they found in a CV application. Yep. And it's for something that could take you five minutes out of your time yep. during your application. It, it could save you potentially losing a role that you were really interested in. Uh, what's interesting, that's come up in almost every episode that we've done <laughs> so far. Like anything from kind of performance review to... Um, writing cover letters to yeah. job applications to your CV it's, it, it is important yeah. and it's funny because I think we're in a day and age where spelling and grammar cause email and the speed of everything and, and text messaging stuff it's just not as important as it used to be but for a lot of people on your it CV is. Mm-hmm. it is and your cover letter it's so important yeah. because they look at it and they think well if they're especially if you're working in advertising you yeah. know it's like if they can't get it right in their CV how would they manage to get it right on an ad that's costing thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars, you know, in, in ad spend? How can I trust them to proof check exactly. that that ad is is right? So, yeah. um, and you have to remember again, it's like the photo; it's a reflection on your personal brand. Yeah. So you've got to you, you've got to get those things right. It's um, there's just there's really not an excuse for it. No. Take the time, get somebody else to check it because. It can you can miss it on your own. Of course, I, I've, yeah. I've definitely, uh, I'm terrible for that. Like, you can look through it three times and be like, no, there's nothing there. Now, but show it to somebody else, yeah. you know, or run it through Grammarly or um, spell check and, and anything like that yeah. would be good. Okay. Another one that we have a lot here is applying for too many roles. So, if, especially if it's direct to a company or through a recruiter. You're sending four or five different applications for varying different levels of work in different areas. So, for example, if you're applying for account executive, account director, then moving to creative director, mm-hmm. we don't look at those applications mm-hmm. in great detail because we just don't take it. 
like a seriously yeah. for that because yeah well you'll get mm. three on the same day from the same person yeah for these jobs that are completely different levels and you think this person just doesn't know what who they doing. are mm. what they do where they fit so what are the chances of that person being a good candidate is slim to yeah. none um so just keep it um you know just keep on track with what you're applying for and i know it can get frustrating if the jobs are not coming up mm. that you're that you're good for but you have to you can widen your search a little bit but if you're applying for three different roles at the same agency on the same day that are completely irrelevant completely different levels you're not doing yourself any favors and no. um, because i can guarantee if you're doing that you will also be sending them to a client uh, yeah. probably multiple times and they'll be like hang on this person's applied for marketing mm. director and marketing assistant on the same yeah. day it's like they're, they're not going to take you seriously so no. you know take it seriously treat, treat the whole um the whole process uh, as a serious business this is your career yep 100%. Um, and i think one of the other things that we find is just keep track of where you've sent your details <laughs> yes. to um, and when you're working with recruitment agencies keep track of where they've sent your mm. details to as well um, we like we will never send anybody's details without talking to them first and getting their approval. Whereas I know other recruiters will, but you should be talking to your recruiters and finding out where have you sent my details. Yep. Keep that list because there's nothing worse. You will say to us, "I've never applied there. I've never <laughs> I've never been for it yet." Sounds really good. We we'll send your details. They're like, "Oh, that, the person applied direct three days ago." Yeah, it actually, and looks yes, terrible. it doesn't look good on us, but it looks even worse on you. Yeah, the fact that you're not keeping track, or uh, it just makes them think, "Oh, this person is just blanket emailing." Yeah, um, and a lot of our clients do keep records of who's yes. applied how long ago mm. and to which agency so for some agencies have different subsidiaries and they'll keep all of that information pulled so yep. if we're sending multiple applications for the same person again terrible terrible look yeah so, so just keep a little spreadsheet together yep. about where you've applied when you applied mm. um if you heard back and don't be afraid to follow up i think you can do a yep. follow-up um email call um just keep it, you know, respectful again. Like if you've applied to a company, don't call them 20 times in the same day. Yeah, you know? or five minutes later. Give them time yeah. to have a look and yes. review and get back to you yeah. before you call them. Yeah. Um, a couple of days, I would imagine, would be fine. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and what else? I think we're on to point six. Um, not researching properly. So, again, it all links in um, into searching for the right type of role the right direction that you're looking to go for um so i would say that would then lead into your interview process as well so research into the company that you've applied for what do they do what are their clients who who and where do they work anything you can find out there's nothing worse than someone getting to an interview and having a complete misrepresentation of what they think the company does mm. or what this mm -hmm. role would do it's it's almost a huge kind of it's just a stumbling block that you probably won't overcome if you make that in an interview and some of those interviews you'll go into the first question that we'll ask so what do you know about us yeah and it's like it could be a really confronting <laughs> question because you're like whoa well i'm not going to know as much as you do because yeah. you work there but you know you, you've got to be prepared for yeah. that um feels like a test but if you've yeah. done your basic research you, should, you should know how to answer that question and at least know how to answer it and then pitch why 
you're interested in working there, why yeah. you've even kind of applied in a way. Well, that's the thing. It's it's turning all those things into an opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's, we'll probably do an episode on that, I think, but how to make the most of the interview because you can get into that interview where mm. it's like, the person will be like, tell me about you. Or, you know, what do you know about us? Yeah. And you can just be reciting stuff back to them. But you've got to think, how can I turn this around? And as you were saying there, it's about, and these are the reasons I want to work for yeah. you. So you're, you're, you've really got to kind of sell yourself yeah. to, to a certain degree 100%. Uh, to get there. So I think it's, you can't over-prepare. Go in no. there, be prepared. Definitely. Know who you're talking to. Um, know who's interviewing you know yep. who the company is um and i think any relevant news or yeah would be kind of good to know as well it just kind of shows them that you're keeping up to date with the industry that you know that they they've they're winning pitches they've just done a huge amazing campaign for example all of that will serve you well in an interview if you can reference those in some areas yep yep definitely and then we get to the next one <gasps> Oh, don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually doing just a bit of research about this. And yep. there was a recent study, and this is in Australia, um, on SEEK, which is one of the job boards here. They, they did a, a, a bit of a survey with, ooh, I think it was 4,500 or about 5,000 people they surveyed. But 41% of Australians think it's okay to lie in an interview. So, yeah, no, you will be caught out, potentially, and... it's just not worth it so as you kind of mentioned before if authenticity is key so present yourself in a trustworthy position if you're lying in an interview or even in your application why would they then trust you with their clients and their work Mm. um, and their business so Mm -hmm. it's it's just not necessary so don't embellish your position. So if mm. you're an account executive, don't call yourself an account manager. Mm-hmm. That will come up when references yeah. are taken. Sydney market's very small and a lot of people know a lot of people. Yep. So that it will come out in the wash, unfortunately. So Yeah, it will. But I think um, just going back to the lion thing, it mm. was the kind of the, the biggest reason people were lying about was the biggest question is why are you looking for another job? Yeah. So it can be a tricky one because it's ingrained in us to be, be like, be positive <laughs> and don't talk negatively, but you're looking to re- leave for a reason. Yeah. Um, but I think there's always a way to it's not spin it, but just tell the truth because there, there will be a reason for it. Mm. Um, but then, you know, talk about why you what you're looking for in the new company that would that would potentially be different. Because yeah. you don't want to go into somewhere that's exactly the same. If you're leaving for a reason, make sure that you know what that is. Mm. Um, so you've just got to work on that, how to articulate that, but yeah. and keep it authentic to kind of who you are and what you are looking for and what you're looking to do. Yeah, I would think so. I I think that would definitely be the trickiest question that you would get in an interview if you can't say for example my contract's coming to an end or a really organic end to a role without having to get into any mudslinging or really negative connotations towards the company that you're currently working for it's probably just I guess really highlight against you what you're looking to do where you're looking to go and how this position could potentially get you there but i know when i'm interviewing people i can always tell if somebody's yeah. if somebody's like you can tell there's something else going on yeah um you know when they're like trying to be really kind of diplomatic and political and it's yeah. like oh i just want you to tell me it's like <laughs> and, I, and 
I don't think I've ever held it against somebody mm-hmm. when they've been honest about why they're leaving. I can't I can't remember um, off the top of my head if there there is anything, but I, I appreciate people being honest because yeah. also I know that there are some environments out there that can be a bit toxic and yep. can be a bit tough to work in and stuff. And the chances are, if you are coming from a toxic environment you just don't want to talk about that we'll probably know mm-hmm. um you know who that agency <laughs> that is, is yep. or where that environment is we'll chance that we've met other people from yeah. there um and wh- whoever you're interviewing with probably knows the same as yeah, well yeah i would say so uh, and then we get on to our penultimate point yep. number nine not being consistent so this is across different interviews, even different recruitment consultants. We work quite collaboratively here in that we will share details of who we've met across our team members who can also help search for you, mm-hmm. which is a great advantage. But what is a bit of a bugbear is when you're speaking to someone and the information changes from one day to another. It's that mm-hmm. inconsistency that lends itself to, I guess, you being a bit... What would you say the word is there? Oh, you just start to question... The authenticity again, I guess, yep. wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yep, I think so. Uh, and it goes into when you're interviewing with a company as well. Mm. If you've got two, three interview, three-step interview process... They'll ask you similar questions, if not the same. Yeah, Different they will. People. And I've yep. heard it before where people are like, oh, I don't know what happened second interview. It was like interviewing a different person. Yep. They were, they, they were answering questions differently. It's made me to really question the whole thing yeah. you know so that's again it comes down to not lying like yeah. know know what you're saying keep track of what you're saying uh be consistent about your salary you know yeah. if you're telling somebody in the first interview you want a hundred thousand the second interview you're like oh I'm, i was on a hundred i'm now looking for 120 it's like just get your story mm-hmm. really clear and i say story i don't mean lie story <laughs> but get get the the kind of your pitch i guess yep. clear from the beginning and stick to it like yes. don't go don't go down that road of well they're inviting me back for a second interview they're keen so i'm going to up my salary by 10k because yep. it just doesn't reflect it well. leaves a bad taste in their mouth as I well think so. i think so yeah, yeah yeah just keep that consistent throughout so your positions your salary and your experience just 100 yep. percent keep them consistent throughout every stage yep no matter who you're talking to And then our last point, go for it. Yes, misreading the situation. So this is leading back from the other one. Treat every interview as your first. So representing yourself, as we've been saying throughout the whole thing, as your brand and the tone of how you're presenting yourself. So, for example, in a creative agency, if you're going in for an interview as a designer, they will not expect you in full suit and tie. Mm. So you can dress a little bit more casually in that situation. However, if you're an account manager going in for an interview, they don't expect you to turn up in board shorts and thongs. Mm. Just present yourself in the best light, no matter what the situation is. If you think, oh, it's just a casual freelance Mm. role interview, Mm. I don't need to put any effort into this, then that reflects on your work as well and your personality. So just always, always, always present yourself in the best light as possible, I would say. Um, even I, if you're meeting a recruiter as well. Yeah. I always appreciate yeah. the people that come prepared. You know, they've got all their information. They're nicely dressed, nicely presented, yeah. rather than the ones that have potentially just rolled out of bed and yeah. fit 10 minutes of their day in yeah. to meet with me. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. It will kind of um, it reflects on how we'll represent you and yeah. how and, and the confidence that we'll have in you to do a really good job when, yep. when you when you go in there as yep. well. Um, I think as well another thing just with that misreading the situation some people think it gets a second interview or they even third interview and it's yeah. like oh I can relax I've got this in the bag yeah. it's just a rubber stamp it's like fine and you go into that interview and they can drill you because you might mm. be meeting the MD at the last interview and they might be really kind of grilling you yeah. and asking you the, those really in-depth questions I've had that before yeah. with people like it really caught me off guard I thought this was just, just casual sit down and, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, again, it goes back to that preparation, mm. but, uh, you know, find out who you're meeting with and just make sure that you're re- representing yourself properly. As best there as, as possible. Well. Yeah, I would say so. So there we go. That yeah. is our top 10 tips, uh, yes. top 10 common mistakes job seekers make. Um, so as with every mm. episode of the co- with the co-host, I like to ask a quick fire round of questions. Are you ready for this, Ashley? Go for it. Okay. Now, no time for thinking. You just have to answer straight away. You haven't seen these before. Um, So, would you rather have lunch with the Queen or dinner with Brad Pitt? Lunch with the Queen. Of course you would. (laughs) Um, Would you rather spend a week in Tokyo or Bora Bora? Bora Bora. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Would you rather um, bungee jump? Or cut your hair into a pixie cut? Can you choose neither? No. No thinking. Bungee jump. Ooh, we're going to set that (laughs) up for you. And would you rather spend time in a rainforest or a country garden? Oh, a country garden. An English country garden (laughs) by any chance. Of course. So there we have it. Um, Big thank you to Ashley for joining us this week. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Become Inspired podcast. For more information, head on over to www.becomerecruitment.com.